Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony, and I am really sad to say that this will be our last and final episode of the Ozone Podcast. We are retiring the podcast. Al and I have decided to do other endeavors, and we decided to take on other challenges. So this, unfortunately, will be our, our last episode. Do we want to tell them what happened? Like, who got, who, who hired us? We could. We can definitely do that. Well, we've got a contract. We, we can't say until next week, but uh, we, um, we'll, we'll get there next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Just kidding. April Fools. It is Friday, the 1st of April, which means that we are exactly, man, almost less than a week of NBA basketball left of the regular season. How ready are you for this season to finally be over? Ready, I'm man. Ready. Like, can, this, can we knock out these games and just get into the offseason? Because it's been – it's hard. It's hard to watch. Like, it really is hard. And I, I ask this question a lot to other Magic fans. And it's – people are still excited to be able to watch Franz Wagner, Markel Fultz, because that's that's really been the biggest thing lately um, that we've seen. And I'm, I'm over it. I'm super over it. I don't, I don't like, you know – the way that we're playing the first half and then the second half and the fourth quarter, you're you're one, you're hoping that your team loses because you know it benefits you benefits you for the draft position. And then two, we're tanking. So it's like bad basketball altogether. It's I'm not I'm not a fan of it. I cannot wait for the season to be over. So let me ask you, what is it about this this little stretch of games that you don't you you dislike so much? All of it. It's 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 meaningless, but yet meaningful because we need to lose. So that's meaningful, but it's meaningless because we're not trying to win. It's just, it's the same cycle. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm over it. I'm super over it. And so it's, 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 it's really because like, I, I don't, I don't, I really, it, I don't like rooting for my team to lose. And when we get to a point where naturally my natural instincts, is kind of like, no, I need you to miss. No, I need us to lose. Like we were at the Sacramento Kings game and the fact that, you know, there's a couple of there's less than a minute left and we're we're up by seven points and we're texting each other like, yo, I, I can't believe we're going to actually win this out. And then we get into <laughs> overtime and then we lose it. It's like I'm also not surprised by it. So it's funny you say that because for me, it's the same reason. Like I can I hate to root against my team and. You know, here I am at the arena, here I am at home, you know, getting excited when the other team makes a couple of baskets in the fourth quarter and now we're down nine or ten. They're like, okay, we're not coming back from this. Or when the Kings made that run and they ended up winning that game, like I'm actually kind of rooting for them and, and clapping for them in a weird way. But those around me that, are, that know me, they know it's because, again, the tank is in effect. We want to get that top pick. So... It's it's weird. Um, my wife doesn't get it. My friend, my friends that don't follow the NBA don't get it. And that's um, and that's the hardest part. It's like trying to explain <laughs> to outsiders why this diehard Orlando Magic fan wants the Orlando Magic to lose. 
Like, try explaining that to a 10 year old. My 10 year old nephew hits me up and is like, oh my God, are you watching this magic game? The magic are playing so good right now, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yes, but we don't want them to play good. Why, Theo? Don't worry about it. Understand that there's a <laughs> big reason why we want the Orlando Magic to lose and play bad, and I need you to agree with it. It's just it's just complicated to explain to those outside of that realm. My wife does, doesn't understand it. She's like, why, why do you want the Magic to lose so bad? Like, because of the draft, babe. We, we go through this every single year. Like, I've, I've explained this to you, but she still doesn't understand. So it's, it's like the, the, the tug and pull. It's, uh, I'm just, I'm ready for the offseason. I'm ready to, to start thinking positive again. Well, the good news is we got this episode. We got one more next week, and then we are into the offseason. And we got some good things planned that we'll be doing. So definitely stay tuned and keep watching every week. We will not go anywhere. Um, so again, we, if you go, if you were watching us last year or, or listening to our show last year, you know we, we do some fun stuff in the offseason. We got some good guests coming in. We got some draft analysis and things like that of, of some good prospects that we that we want to keep an eye on as we head into the draft. Um, and let's see what else we come up with this year. We're trying to innovate and, and keep things fresh for you guys because um, we get it. The offseason is fun, but it's also dead season uh, until the draft comes and the free agency. Um, so we'll see. And if you have any ideas for us, comments twitter instagram Send it. let us know absolutely so in today's episode we are going to be talking about the team's untouchables the players that we believe it is impossible to move um for our future we're going to also talk about whether or not we've seen the last of terrence ross and then touch a little base on the rookie ladder and that update but before we get into the actual topics al i want to know out of all the nba teams that there are what team would you consider as your least favorite team a team that you despise a team that you just don't like from top to bottom you don't like the fan base you don't like the team you don't like the colors you don't like the mascot what is that one team that you just do not mess with oh man there's there's some logical answers when you're on the Magic warriors fan, right it's the warriors 100 no. percent, it's the warriors if Steph's playing for them i gotta like them but oh my god I'm going to surprise you probably. It's going to be the Toronto Raptors. Um, unusual team, but some of you Magic fans may relate to me. You know, the Kyle Lowry situation, injuring Aaron Gordon a couple times. Um, for me personally, though, it's the Vince Carter days. I, I, I really, since back then as, as a young kid, I really felt they did Vince Carter dirty. Like if you didn't follow Vince like I did, Vince wanted, you know, a certain GM to be hired. They did the opposite. He wanted I, a certain coach. I watched, I watched a documentary. It wasn't that bad. Wait, it wait, wasn't wait, that wait. bad. I've seen the documentary. The whole T-Max situation, and then you don't replace him. You could just bring a bunch of old people. Bottom line, and then they trade him. They they never really kind of forgave him. He, he, he beat them every time he played them and destroyed him in the playoffs when he came back to Toronto for the first time. So he got his payback. But as a fan, I always felt like, man, this team just did Vince dirty. Um and then, like I said, in more recent memory, drafting of Jalen Suggs and Scotty Barnes and how they take it so personal and how they bash Magic fans on Twitter. It, it's just this weird thing where I feel like no matter which path of my NBA life I think of, my early beginnings with Vince, most recently in the playoffs with, with the Magic and Kyle Lowry, more recently now with the whole Scotty Barnes and Jalen Suggs, it's always been the, the Raptors fans kind of or the Raptors franchise involved. So in a weird way, that's the one team that I just kind of I don't know. I just don't like him. How about you? 
no mention of Scotty Barnes and how much he disrespected Jalen Suggs. None of that. None of that. Not even it's that. Because of Vince They're not disrespecting Franz. They're not saying that he's not really that great. And that he's only doing it because he's in a bad team and all this BS. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, this kid has been playing by himself pretty much all season to all the injuries. Played every single game. Yet, here's Scotty Barnes with all-stars next to him. A talented roster. Come on, man. Like, it's, you can't compare it. But it is what it is. So for me, there's there's an A and a B. And I think collectively for Magic fans that you we a lot of people will automatically kind of just look at the Miami Heat as a team to dislike. Miami Heat really don't don't bother me that much. I, I honestly don't believe that there are real Miami Heat fans anyways. And if they do, they either get there really late or they leave really early <laughs> and they only come around, you know, once every once in a while. I I, I that's not that's not a team I worry about. The one franchise I really, really dislike would definitely be the Lakers, 100%. And it's really out of just pettiness because, um, you know, I I have close friends who are Laker fans, like diehard Laker fans. And I believe, and this is just my own personal opinion, that, and no disrespect to you, Al, but I believe that you should be a a, a fan of the team that you inherited from your place of birth. That's just the way that I've always viewed it. You're the first person to change my mind, slowly but surely. You were born where? So I was born in DR. DR and then Rhode Island. And then raised in Rhode Island, yeah. So you kind of should be a Celtics fan, right? Glad that you're not. See, you're changing my mind. (laughs) But I have certain friends that were born in LA. They're Laker fans. So I get it. I trust their opinion just a little bit more because they they didn't jump on the bandwagon. Um, what I don't like is I don't like how a lot of the history of them taking Shaquille O'Neal, mm-hmm. them taking Dwight Howard, even though Dwight Howard really didn't impact that the franchise in, in that specific manner. I don't like all the glitz and the glamour. I don't I don't like how they don't have to do a rebuild, that they can just buy whatever team they whatever players they want. Like I, I just I don't like it. I don't respect it. I don't like they got that they have a TV show out right now on HBO of of an action like like why why and it's not really like why do you have it but why don't we in a sense it's like we know that they're a big market big city team and you take a look at the Lakers and you take a look at the Orlando Magic and we're complete polar opposites like we want to be able to have that but we know that we won't be able to have that. So the way that yep. they win, we could never win. But then you have certain teams that kind of change that perspective. An example, the Golden State Warriors. But Milwaukee. at the same Milwaukee, absolutely. So you have certain you have certain teams that can kind of break that mold. It's just you still have those Laker fans also filling up our arenas. Laker fans that can only name two, three players. Like they they kind of still have that same Miami Heat isk fan base in that in that part as well. Not necessarily from that area, but you know, just from across the board. And, you know, I really didn't like Kobe Bryant for a while. I honestly didn't like Kobe Bryant as a player until after he retired. The minute that he retired, I love everything this dude is about. 
I love the motivation, the mo- motivational speaker that he he is. I like everything about him being a girl dad and him trying to fight for WNBA rights and things of that nature. Like I really enjoyed it when he passed away. You know, it hit me a lot harder than I expected. Not so much because of the player, but of the person. And I just think that things would have been a little dit. Like, can you imagine Kobe Bryant staying in Charlotte? The Lakers wouldn't be the Lakers that they are. No. They would be more like uh, the New York Knicks. What have the Knicks done in the last, you know, two decades? True. What do you think? Do you think that collectively, what would you say are the three fan bases or the three franchises that the Orlando Magic fan base would dislike? We have the Lakers. We know Miami. for sure. Would you put the Raptors in that third for sure? Collectively. I think it's Toronto, uh, Toronto, maybe even the Knicks. Uh, I, I do know they also like to come into Amway and try to control and act like they're this big team and this incredible. I've gotten into it with some Knicks fans at the games. They act like they freaking are, you know, NBA champs. And then you look at the standings, I'm like, bro, you're either behind us or a couple of games above us. Like, chill. We're in the same level. And that's been the same story for the last pff, 12 years, 13 years. Like, they make the playoffs. First round, you're out. That's what we've been doing. So, like, you're not any better than we are. But they're from New York. They have this ego to them because they're from New York. So I think Raptors, Knicks, maybe, will be that third. Yeah, I thought about maybe the Celtics fan base also. It's funny. In Boston, they're insane. And you would hate them if you went to Celtics games because they're, they're crazy loud. When they play at Amway, though, they're not bad. They're pretty respectful. They don't, they don't get into it with Magic fans. Um, different crowd altogether. But in Boston, you would hate them for sure. It's probably best that I missed out on that game yes. week. probably best <laughs> all right man so listen this past week we played against sacramento cleveland washington you and i we went to the sacramento game and that's the game that we went to overtime it's is looking like the magic are doing a phenomenal job at tanking we are playing our g-leaguers way more minutes than they should we're are working through our experimental lineups we are finding a way to lose every single chance that we get the Magic are currently tied with Detroit and Houston for the worst record in the league, and the Thunder right now are behind us currently by two games. What are your feelings right now on the tank? Do you feel like we're in a really good position with five games left to go? I think what I will say is we control our destiny. Um, I feel like last year we didn't have that chance. Uh, Detroit and Houston were kind of uh, – well, we ended up tied, I believe, no, with, with Detroit, if I'm not mistaken. But I think Houston was kind of way off. We couldn't really catch them. But this year – what really changed the last week is that Houston went on a little winning streak. They won two games. Even the last two games they've lost. They only, they've lost in the last shot. So they're, for some reason, they're playing hard. They're trying to like compete. Um, so I think it's to a point now where Jeff and John said, you know what, guys? I'm sorry, but we, we got to shut it down. And the reason being is, again, we control our destiny. We, we want to stay in the top three, preferably get the worst record. Um, and I think we're going for it. Um, I've said it all year, if you've been listening to our show, I'm, I wasn't about the tank this year. I wasn't about let's lose on purpose. I really wasn't because we got disappointed last year when we fell to fifth. So that could happen again to us this year, and that would suck again. But you know what, man? We're in it now. The team is embracing it. At the end of the day, I'm a Magic fan. I'm going to support whatever they do. So let's do it. Again, it is what it is. We got five games left. We play against teams that are playing for playoff spots, except the Knicks, I believe. Everyone else we're playing, it's fighting for a playoff spot. So go for it. You know, play some of these uh, G-leaguers, 
get Wendell some rest. It is what it is at this point. We're not playing for anything. Um, go for it. How about you? What, what's your take on what we've seen the last week? I mean, it's what we wanted. Um, a lot of people were were a little critical on Coach Mosley. Um, and, you know, people saying that, you know, is this really the right guy for the job? And I, I personally, I love everything about Coach Mose. I love the fact that he gets on the court with the players. I love the fact that he got the buy-in from the players. The players seem to really, really like him. Um, and I think that that's uh, an extremely important factor, especially with the young guys. We we talked about development. Uh, we know that if the Magic were really trying to get into a play and to get into a playoff position, we know that they wouldn't be playing the the lineups that they're playing. We know that you know players would would Markel would be playing a lot more than the restricted minutes. Like we know these things, and I think that going into next season, I think that's what's going to make you know, the Orlando Magic so interesting because we're really going to go from the bottom to coming out of nowhere and surprising a lot of people because I've always viewed this team and, and the way that this team is created to not be the standard regular, you know, rebuilding team. I, I expect us to be able to make some noise. Even if we miss the playing tournament next season, I expect for people to at least see us and saying, okay, this is a team that could be on the rise. Um, and that could really mean making some decisions that could maybe benefit and kind of fast forward the team a little bit. I know that, you know, one of the biggest talks that we've heard the last couple of days was a player of uh, Donovan Mitchell not being fully happy at Utah and him kind of saying some negative things in, in a press conference. And automatically people are hitting that trade button saying the magic need to go for a player like Donovan Mitchell. That would completely change everything. He's the offensive power that we need and this and that. I don't know if that's definitely the right move to make, but at the same time, we've talked a lot about how we have a lot too many young pieces and that the Magic are eventually going to have to make decisions on those players. So uh, I like, I'm like i okay with the direction that we're going in right now. I'm, I'm okay with it. I hope that it speeds up so we can be done with it, but I'm definitely okay with it. Now, for people that don't really know kind of how the draft works or the, the draft lottery odds, um, I'll kind of break it down. So we know that between the 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 bottom three teams, they have a 14% chance. We all have the same percentage <clears throat> to getting that first pick. But how does it work depending on if you have the first, the second, or the third worst record on where you could end up, you know, worst case scenario? Yeah. So, I mean, so if you end up with the worst record, the benefit is so pretty close. First, second, and third, you got 14% chances of getting the first pick. So pretty similar. Second, same thing, 13.4% if you're first, second, or third. Third, same thing, 12.7 across the board. Fourth, same thing. But where it gets interesting is if you end up with the worst record, you actually cannot drop further than fifth in the draft. So if you're trying to lock in and say, hey, we, we're going to go for it, we're going to lose all these games, the ideal scenario is we want to get the worst record simply because you want to guarantee yourself a top five pick in this draft. If you end up with the second worst record, then you can actually slid all the way up to sixth. And the third worst record, very small, only 7% chance, but you could fall as far as seventh in the draft. So nothing is guaranteed. We know that. We, we learned that last year. But what you're, what you're at least guaranteeing yourself is a top five pick. And me and you were talking about this um, the other day via text. Like, hey, what's the worst case scenario? You know, you don't get the top three, which we're assuming are the three forwards we've mentioned time and time again. 
then you're looking at Jaden Ivey as a possible backup plan. You're looking at any of the other guards and forwards that are rising in the draft pretty quickly. So even if it's fifth in this draft, I don't feel like you're losing, you know, a major, major, in a major, major way. So that's what's interesting about getting the worst record in the league this year is that you're at least guaranteeing yourself a chance to end up with a prospect that has a really bright future. Um, I mean, think about it this year. Like we, we didn't get first, second, or third, but at least we got Jalen Suggs, which we know has potential, ha- has shown plenty of, of, of good signs in this league. And of course, there's France who fell to eighth and we drafted him also, but that doesn't really happen too often. Oftentimes, it's the top five that you get the best quality of prospects. Um, so I think that's what they're going for, man. Once Houston lost those two games and they got themselves a chance, it, it, they had to go for it. And again, I don't blame them for going for it. Um, now, of important note, tomorrow night, Detroit against Oklahoma City. That's going to be a very important game. After that, we only have four games left. So depending how that goes, either the Thunder are going to be way behind us now and we can kind of forget about them, or Detroit now falls to third in the draft order um, lot for the draft lottery odds. So it's going to be interesting. We have a lot of kind of things to look forward to this week coming up. Unfortunately, still rooting for losses. But uh, that's kind of what we're playing for here over the next week and a half. I think that part's important because it really does matter. Uh, you know, people saying as long as I'm I'm at the bottom three or or the bottom worst teams of of the NBA, then we're we're fine. But it really does matter if you're the first worst, the second worst, third worst. One of those examples where, yeah, maybe if you're the the bottom team in the NBA, you still have that 14% chance of drafting the number one pick. Yeah, you the worst that could get is you know that fifth pick. The second worst, the worst that would be the sixth, and then the third would be the seventh. But if you're the worst team, then you still have a 47.9% chance of getting that fifth pick. So there's a higher likelihood that you would get the fifth pick instead of the first pick. So that's that's definitely something to consider. Now, in us taking a look at that, what, what would you rather be? Would you rather be the team that has the worst record, the second, the third? What position would you feel you would be way more comfortable in? I think, obviously, you want to get the worst record, right? Because you want to at least know what's the bottom, what's the worst that can happen. If we go to the draft party at MWA this year, it's knowing, hey, our, our name will be called no later than five. Like, we, we know that. It's kind of nerve-wracking when you go in there with the third worst record. And you're like, man, what if, you know, Portland, Indiana, all of a sudden jumps to second and we end up seventh? Like, it's, it's, it's scary. So from a safety standpoint, of course, you want to be that, that worst record in the league at this point. But like you mentioned, when you look at the first, second, or third pick odds, they're all the same. So ultimately, it's a toss-up. And that's what I've been saying all season long to fans. Like, trust me, at this point, tank. You're embracing it. It makes sense. Do it. But back in January, we had people saying when we won, oh, my God, the Magic won. Why are they doing this? In December, people were saying that. I'm like, enjoy these games. Enjoy these young guys. Let let them feel what it feels like to win and beat some good teams. And you can see it. We're getting some respect. Second best defense in the NBA since the All-Star break. A 500 record since the All-Star break up until we started embracing the tank. People were noticing these things. Media outlets like ESPN were posting these things, Fox Sports. And it shows like, hey, people are paying attention that we are improving. You want to have that heading into next season when you're going to hopefully be 100% healthy, when you're going to have yet another prospect coming into the team. So all of these things, again, are important. At this point, I get it. Losing is is, is king. I, I understand that. But it shouldn't be in December. It shouldn't be in January. And I will say this. I really, really hope, man, that this is our last time 
talking about tanking, talking about topics in the draft. Enough is enough. We got money to spend this summer. We're going to have three solid top five prospects, pretty much, if you ask me, between last year's draft and this draft. And don't forget this, too. I forgot this completely myself. We got two really high second lottery picks in this upcoming draft. Are we going to use them? No. I can guarantee you that. But I truly hope they don't just simply trade them for cash or trade them for another pick 20 years on the road. I really hope they get creative with Terrence Ross or whatever, package those picks, and get something in return, like a solid vet that may want to be in Orlando, kind of like a Robin Lopez type of role, a little more meaningful, hopefully, uh, of a role. But again, it's exciting. We have a lot of pieces. We have two draft picks in the next year's draft. There's a lot of things that we can play with this offseason. I really want to see, maybe not the way that we hit it back in 2016 where we gave a ton of money to Biombo and Fournier. Like, no, 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 not that way. But in a way that's smart. Like, bring some guys to Orlando via trade, free agency, that will make a difference. And are going to help these young guys win. Because I feel like it's enough. Markel has lost enough. Jai has seen losing enough. It's time to kind of show that we're trying to win now. It, it cannot stay the same way. Just saying, hey, let's go into the 2023 draft. It's okay if we lose again. Like, no. That's got to change. We got to aim for the at least the play-in next season. What's going on, Magic fans? Join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's biggest victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $250 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prices. Simply join a pool and answer questions like who will make it to the next round or who will make the most three-pointers and then just simply track your results. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now Use promo code TBPN, bet $5 on any college hoops team to win, and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and over, restriction supply. See show notes for details. And I, and I think that that's so important because the Magic need to be able to show that they're one piece away, in a sense, where you, dra- you, you grab a player in this draft that's going to help benefit this team, and then this season, this upcoming season, you look at it as a way to be able to market your team to other players out there that can look at us and, and say that, man, if I, if I can play with, with these guys, maybe I can turn things around there and I can be that missing piece to be able to push them over the hump. Not necessarily a similar scenario with Shaquille O'Neal in, in Miami Heat when he decided um, that he wanted to go to Miami, but Shaquille O'Neal looked at the Miami Heat and said, I want to play with Dwayne Wade. The Magic need to be able to have that specific type of player that other teams can say, I want to play with this guy because I think that if I integrate myself into that team, then we can we can make it into the playoffs. We, we we will be put in a better position. So you you think about the team that we have now, and I know that Donovan Mitchell has a crazy contract right now. But you look at certain players that they can see themselves playing with the Orlando Magic, 
and see us kind of making moves. And I think that you need to be able to do that this upcoming season to be prepared for the future. Because you're right, we're going to have additional draft picks. We're going to be able to have financial flexibility. We're going to be able to do a lot of different things, but we have to be able to show that we can play. And I think that the leader of that and what's going to get us there is a player like Markel Fultz. that we've already seen in his last three games. He's been balling out in limited minutes. He's staying around that 20-minute mark, and we already saw that he played out of his mind against Washington, D.C., and he's he's a big he's a big part of what we're doing in the future. We know for a fact that this man is our point guard. Like nobody is taking that away from him. What are your thoughts on Markel and what he's been able to do? Man, Markel Fultz uh, had a, a few games last week where he kind of posted some weird stats. He wasn't really being as aggressive. And I will I will be honest here: the only pet peeve that I have with Markel Fultz is that he has these moments where he looks a bit disengaged. He looks a bit like he's not he's not going 100% for whatever reason. But again, he changed that quickly. I, I sent a tweet, I think it was about a week ago, saying, you know, what's going on, Markel? It seems kind of like he's not playing up to the potential that we had seen earlier when he first came back. But man, he changed that up really quickly. Uh, Sacramento game, he killed it. Came against Washington, D.C. He played aggressive, played really, really well. Even in Cleveland, uh, struggled a little bit, but he still played well. Markel, one thing for sure is, man, this guy will find you when you're open. This kid will play solid defense. He will hustle. Um, just how smart he is with the ball, what he can do out there. Even the mistakes that he makes were with good intentions. Like the silly turnovers that he may have once in a while, it's things that you know that if that pass would have gotten past the defender a little bit, would have been a great pass. So he's a guy, again, like you said, the point guard of the future for this franchise at this moment. I understand we have Cole Anthony. We got Jalen Suggs. But there's no guy on this team right now, including Jalen and Cole, that make their team better. Whether it is with the chemistry that he has with Wendell already, barely playing with him, Franz Wagner in him, he finds him caught into the basket time and time again, Mo Bamba throwing alley-oops to him. He gets it. He knows the system. He knows what we're trying to accomplish. Um, And the key has been his mid-range shot has been money. Like he missed a few last week, but it's back. And and it's a beautiful thing. Like his mid-range shot looks legit free throws not beautiful to look at but they're going in he's shooting about 83 percent from the from the free throw range three-point shots is is the area of improvement but my hopes is he already fixed the free throws he fixed the mid-range hopefully we keep saying this but hopefully that three-point shot is the next evolution to his game now where hey it won't be pretty maybe but they're going in um and you got to guard him that's the key you got to guard him because he's so fast and so strong that once he gets you out of balance he's gone um, so it's exciting, man. I think that we've seen plenty out of him. Let me ask you this. Would you mind if the Magic just shot him down at this point and said, hey, we've seen enough, enough, like don't, don't go out there and get hurt this late in the season? Please? Like, I know, right? Can we do that now? Can we not wait until the injury? Can we, can we have done that a couple, couple games ago? I've seen enough. Like, you know I'm, I'm saying that though? We're good. You know why we're I'm saying that? He's healthy. He, he, he loves that Euro step. And every time I see it happening, man, I'm like, oh, no, no, chill, chill. And there's been a few of them where he's kind of falling on the ground. And I'm like, oh, no. So I just don't want to see him hurt. Um, and again, we're tanking, man. We're tanking. So I wouldn't mind if they say, hey, enough, Markel. We've seen enough. Keep practicing. But as far as games go, imagine. And God, I mean, forgive me, Magic fans, for saying this. But imagine on game 82, Markel goes down again for some reason. Why would you even put that in there? 
But just imagine. What are you doing? Exactly. Take it back. Get him Knock out. Knock on wood. Find something. <laughs> I got wood right here. But it's, <laughs> but it, it's but, like, but in in magic fashion, it's 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 a reality. Exactly. It's a reality. So I, I'm ready to shut him down. Shut him down now. Shut it down. Shut all these I've players seen down. Enough. Wendell Carter too. Wendell Carter has been playing out of his mind easily next to Franz, our most consistent player. In October, he averaged 12.6 points a game, November 13, January 15, February 18, and then March 19 points a game. This dude is playing great basketball. And when we start talking about untouchables, who would you say are the magic untouchables right now? I'll, I'll put I'll put a number on it. Three players that you absolutely would say, I'm not moving, I'm not trading. Who would those three players be? I mean, at this moment, Wendell Carter is looking like a future all-star, believe it or not. Like, I never thought in my life I would say that based on what I saw in Chicago. But just even his presence, man, like this kid is looking like a stud. Like when he steps on the court, he's just better than everyone else all of a sudden. By far, I feel the best Magic player this season. So starts kind of with him at this moment. Two fronts. I mean, it's only one year. There's a lot of growth to go. But what we've seen from this kid, this kid is... He doesn't get shaken up, man. He could be playing against LeBron James, and I'm going to take it right to you. I mean, I guess the Cavaliers, he had Evan Mobley playing defense on him like nothing. Got past him, laid it up right in his face. You know how hard that is? Evan Mobley has made some really good NBA players look foolish. Not France. So those two for me lead the way. The third one is tricky because I, I do think that Jalen Suggs has a ton of potential. I see a bright future for him. In this league, once a shot gets fixed, watch out. But if you told me right now, I'd have to say Markel Fultz would be the third player for me. I wish I could say J.I. I really do. But I haven't seen him play in two years, so I, I can't. Um, if you go next season with Markel Fultz, Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter as your one, three, and five, you're in good shape. The only thing that scares me about those three, those three is... Wendell and his injuries. Granted, he's been able to sustain himself this season a lot better. He's been way more of a healthier player in his Orlando, um, in his, in his Orlando play than he has in Chicago. But dealing with Markel's injury, Wendell, if those are your untouchables, you know it's it's a Larry, it's it's a little scary to think about. I wish that we would have seen a stronger performance and play from Jalen Suggs. And I say that because then he could have, would have made a player like Markel Fultz expendable. Not saying that I wanted to trade Markel, but you at least have that as an option to where you can you can make that decision. We didn't get that. Granted, rookie season, first year, you know, next season can be a completely different season for him. Three, four years down the line could be a completely different season for him. So Jalen Suggs would be someone that I would consider um, I would put in my in my three. I would put Markel, uh, Franz, and I put Jalen Suggs in there instead of Wendo. And it's it's really because um, one. I, I don't think that the Magic would end up trading Wendo. We got him on a crazy deal, um, and he's playing great basketball. But I wouldn't put that tag on him just because you you never you never know, and especially in today's NBA where. You know, the, the the center position isn't like your primary focus, your ball handler, your 
your offensive thread from from behind the art. Like those those are kind of like the main focuses. Um, I'm not saying that Mo Bamba is someone that can do what Wendell does. I'm not I'm not saying any of that. But I would definitely take my chances on Jalen, Franz, and Markel. In the event that Markel does get injured, you still have a player like Jalen Sosa that can kind of fill that gap. Yeah, I can see that happen too. I mean, again, I'm a huge, huge Jalen Suggs fan. And one thing for me, the way that he embraces City and that he embraces this team, similar to Cole. Again, you could throw Cole in there too if, if you really wanted to. I mean, the, another guy that has shown great promise, ever since he hurt his ankle uh, a few months back, has not been the same player. But the Cole Anthony that we saw from November all the way to January, man, like he showed great flashes. And, and hopefully next season, without having to carry the burden so much like he did this year again, we can see that come back uh, because I really feel like Cole Anthony could be a perfect like six man for this team. Think of it like a Terrence Ross role where he just comes in firing. He's kind of leading the way, pushing yeah. the tempo, and I, shooting open and I threes. Wish, I wish that story continued because in the beginning of the season, we were talking about, you know, sophomore Cole Anthony is, is dangerous. He's an animal yeah. and it kind of, it kind of sold off a little bit on the back end, but we saw a glimpse of it. We saw a player that can really lead, you know, his team and be able to be that offensive power. Um, I just hope that he can still find that because you, you got a lot of people out there that's already, you know, kind of placing him as a six man, uh, your backup point guard. Could that really be him? Would it be okay with accepting that type of role? You know, he, he really doesn't have a say so in that. All you can do is really go out there and, and perform and, and try to convince people. But, you know, that's definitely something to consider too. Yeah. I mean, in a similar fashion with Jalen Suggs. Same type of energy, same type yep. of attitude. But again, he's got some, some development to go. So I think him and, and um, Cole and Sucks next season will be battling for minutes. And it's going to come down to who can be more consistent. This season, again, I think the defensive side, uh, Jalen Sucks got that one. I mean, you, you can get the aggressiveness, a way better defender, taller, stronger. But Cole Anthony at least can put the ball in the basket when, when needed. So it, it, it's going to be tough for the Magic to decide which way they go next season or heck. Do you get a, a shooting guard? Again, like you said, Mitchell, uh, Levine, whoever it may be, and, and drop a ton of money in them and say, we got to package these guys and make that happen. Because I feel like, imagine you coming out next season with Markel Fultz, a guy like Mitchell, France, a healthy J.I., and Wendell Carter. That's not, that's not a joke. That's a solid team in the East. Um, but then again, the Magic committed to that. I don't think we're there yet. But makes you think and, and just, that what if that would happen? Now, who would you say is the biggest surprise? Like, what would be the biggest surprise of this season from the Orlando Magic? It's got to be France, man. Nobody, nobody expected France to be what he's been, man. Uh, from us, will be the I'll be the first one to admit. God damn, was I wrong about this kid? Um, I mean, but then again, who can blame us? What we saw in summer league was not this. What we saw in preseason was not this. But yet. Weirdly enough, he was a starting small forward on opening night. So there was something the Magic were seeing in this kid. That they we saw something that we didn't see. Nobody saw that. And Nobody. Preseason was bad. Yeah, and, and again, Summer League was embarrassing. We're like, what the heck is this? It's not, this is our eighth pick in the draft? So, I mean, to me, he's the biggest surprise by far. Um, kid came out of nowhere. He's, became, he's become really, again, an untouchable player. Me and you both agreed on that name. Who would have Who would have thought that? Again, 10 months ago, 11 months ago. So if you ask me, that's the biggest surprise for me. Jonathan Isaac is my biggest surprise. Ooh. 
Yeah. If you would have told me in the beginning of the season that he was not going to play not one game, nothing, zero, out for the season, I would have called you a liar. I would have lost all my money, take my house, take my paycheck, whatever the wager was. Like it is, it is yours. There was no way that I saw this man not playing. There's no way that I saw this man being on TV more for outside of basketball stuff than he was on, than it would have been with, you know, him being on the court with the Orlando Magic. That would be my biggest surprise. Franz Wagner, you're right. Nobody saw it. They booed him at the Amway. Everyone was disappointed. I still read the comments. If we were to go back on Orlando Magic HQ, the Instagram page, and read all the comments when we posted that the Orlando Magic drafted Franz Wagner, if you would have looked and read through those comments, there's literally not one person outside of maybe Dante Marcatelli that said that this he was going to be something special. Nobody. Everything was the Orlando, the Orlando Magic don't know what they're doing. We always mess this up. I can't believe they went this route. There was way more of the player. We even said the same thing. Like I, I'm not blaming anyone that had those comments and feelings. I get it. Nobody saw it coming. So definitely, definitely, I believe you're right. It's it's also a good surprise, but a big surprise with Franz. But Jonathan Isaac not playing. Like who saw that coming? That's a good one. I I I completely didn't think about that. But that's a good one. I mean, we all expect to see him at least at least in December. In December, mind you. He said it himself in a podcast. By December, I'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the most surprising things now is how how much Franz Wagner is not getting any of the respect that he should be getting. Right now in the NBA's.com rookie ladder, he's at five. I feel like he's been living at that five. Obviously not by choice. The media has placed him there and does not. They do not want to move him from that fifth spot. He'll he'll gradually move from five to four. He was at that one spot for like maybe a week, and that was about it. But now they have Jalen Green, Scotty Barnes, Kate Cunningham, and Evan Mobley in front of Franz Wagner. Somebody tweeted yesterday to me, to us, um, if Franz had tattoos and a beard, he'll be second or first in the in the draft. And oh my god, that's terrible. And I'm like, what are you, where are you going with this? But I'm like. It's this good kid attitude that he has. He's a good kid. He's clean. He doesn't really do anything. He's he's not flashy per se, but yeah, he is at the same time. So, and then of course, we're in Orlando. Well, we don't get any respect here in Orlando. But you're telling me, Jalen Green, look at his stats all you want to. He's had a good month. And you, well, you you know, and you, if you're listening to this podcast, you know how much I wanted Jalen Green and how much I actually follow his game and, and look at his highlights. And I'm like, I drool. When this kid throws a big dunk, so I'm like, man, that could be in Orlando right now. But you're telling me one month of playing good basketball for a rookie, it's better than an entire season, which this kid has not missed a single game as a starter, Franz Wagner, that is. And you're telling me all of a sudden Jalen Green is better than him in the rookie ladder? Or no, they're not, higher? But, but you bring up a good point. People will know more of Jalen Green than they do of Franz Wagner, collectively. But that's the thing. The, if, the, you, if you're doing this draft, Disrupting correctly, right? Like looking at stats, performance, the whole season. It shouldn't be about, oh, Jalen Green is an explosive, explosive player. He's an amazing talent. It's not about that. It's like, what have you done this season? So, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. But again, we don't get respect in Orlando. Orlando would always realize, and, and you're seeing it, you know, uh, Marcatelli and the, and the broadcast team, they're doing a great job saying it. Rookie of the year candidate. He should be a rookie of the year candidate. You look at all the numbers. They speak for themselves. 
but unfortunately, he's not going to get that recognition. Uh, he we may be surprised when the final tally comes out at the end of the season. Um, but it's it's disappointing, man, because this kid has earned it. And again, coming from where he's coming from to where he's at, he's at today, it's really really impressive. He's on track to play all eighty two games. It's a player that started every single game for the Orlando Magic. This guy is 74 points away from matching Jonathan Isaac's points, all-time scoring list on the Orlando Magic. 74 points away in his rookie season. The guy definitely deserves to be way above. I Realistically, he should be at that third, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. He's got to be on that third. He's got to get the respect, though. But, uh, again, you're right. If you were to take – if if a sneaker company were to say, all right, Jalen Green, all right, Franz Wagner, we're going to both make you your own signature shoes. Who's going to sell more? Jalen Green, Easy. automatically. Easy. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I don't, I, don't need, I don't need that. I need a 6'10 monster that can literally do everything on the floor. What, what is one thing that Franz doesn't do good at? What's like his one glaring weakness? He plays defense, can hit three-point shot, can cut to the basket, can finish inside. I I honestly think the only weakness that he has is maybe he should be a little more selfish. Maybe. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Maybe. Maybe he should look for his shot more. Maybe. But outside of that, what what is it from Franz that you want him to, to be better at? Not very much. Not very much. I wouldn't mind if he grew a couple more inches, but that's just me being greedy. All right. (laughs) So um, now we're almost at the end of the season. We've been getting a lot of DMPs from Terrence Ross and Gary Harris. Is this the last that we see of Terrence Ross in Orlando Magic uniform? Yeah, I think it's over. Um I think you may mention, I don't know if you mentioned it yet, but I know we, we, we talked about it off, off the air. Uh, there was a tweet going around where somebody mentioned, hey, T. Ross, you better off going to a playoff team. Don't kind of rotten, don't rot in Orlando, all this stuff. And he actually liked that tweet. Um, whatever that means. It could be motivation to next season and say, hey, I'm still here and I'm the vet that's leading you young guys. Or it could be he really is done. But I, I mean, not for nothing, man. I love T. Ross. I've loved what he's done. And I said it before the trade deadline, too. It's time. Um, no matter what you do, you're either going to package together some of these cards that we have and, and trade them for an upgrade, or but you got to do something. And unfortunately, there's not a spot for T. Ross anymore. I feel that even R.J. Hampton, I mean, he's been a disappointment to me a little bit as of late. He's not being selfish enough. He's not shooting enough. Based on what we saw last season, he put up points. Not seeing as much of that this season from him. But I think he could be a good player. He, he plays defense. He plays hard. He's a good fit what we're doing. I think he deserves those minutes next season. Um, and also we're tanking. So I think Gary Harris, we're not seeing him anymore this season. And if we do, it might be in the first half. And then that's it. Uh, Terrence Strauss, same thing. Um, so I think it's, it's that's it for them. I, I think so also. And I think they're okay with it too. Like Gary, Gary Harris doesn't want to hurt himself going into – you know, the offseason for meaningless games, especially when it's going to be time to to really look for, you know, the next steps of, of your future. For Terrence Ross, I, I really feel bad for Terrence Ross. He didn't sign up for any of this. You know, he was – he re-signed with the Orlando Magic in an, in an F building. 
the growth in the playoffs with Nikola Vucevic, with Aaron Gordon and Fournier. That's that's what he signed for. He signed up to play with um, with and for uh, Coach Cliff. That's not what he's getting. So I think that if if it's something that Terrence Ross wants, you got to give it to him. I think it makes sense for the Orlando Magic. It makes sense for Terrence Ross. I do believe that this is the last time that we would see Terrence Ross with this team. I think offseason, it, it just makes sense. And and quite frankly, I don't even care what we get back for Terrence Ross. I, I don't care if we get nothing back. Like whatever whatever the deal works. You pick Terrence Ross, what three teams do you, do you really want to go to? These are my three teams. All right, we'll make it happen. We'll accommodate you. And I think that those things speaks volumes because – you look at Nicola, you look at Evan, you look at AG. We put all three of those players in good positions. With Boston, with Denver, with Chicago, we literally not only benefited the Orlando Magic, but we also benefited them themselves. Mm-hmm. Outside of Evan Fournier, AG and Nicola, they both re-signed with their teams. Yep. Or not not necessarily Nicola, but he's not going anywhere. Chicago loves them. They're one of the best teams in the NBA. AG signs with Denver. So I I think that it's only right that they end up doing the same thing with Terrence Ross. And I think that that's something that will end up happening. And uh, and I like from if there's one thing that you can say from the front office is that they're not burning any bridges. There's not one of these players have said anything bad about the magic front office. Aside from a few minor things that AG may have said, um, but again, we, we looked out for them and we looked out for us. And I think that it's, it's been, it's been easy going thus far. Um, and I think that the same thing will end up happening with Terrence Ross. Yeah. And I'm going to spe- speculate and say that the reason why Terrence Ross is still here today, his kids are going to school in Orlando. I, I really believe he wanted the kids to finish the school year here and then move on to the summer instead of moving on in February. That's just my speculation on it. And like you said, the front office would have never said, oh, that's what you want? I'm sorry. We've got a great package for you. Bye. I think they're fine saying, you know what? It's fine. We'll wait two more months, whatever it is, and move you at the draft or whatever it may be. So again, nothing but great things to say about Terrence Ross, though, because he has also done a great job being a leader in this locker room and being a good influence on the kids um, that we have, because he could have easily just shut it down back in December and said, you know what? I'm done. We're not going anywhere. I'm going to play like crap. And he kind of showed that a little bit early in the season. We, we remember us talking about that. But then after mm. that, something changed. And he's embraced the role of being a leader in this team. And hey, if he wants to play that role and be okay with not playing as many minutes, I'm okay with him being back too next season. I don't, I don't mind it. Um, but let me, what's your take on Gary Harris? You, we may not see him anymore. But what percentage from 1 to 100 do you give me that we bring him back next season? Uh, I, don't, I don't see him wanting to be back. I, I don't see the benefit for Gary Harris. I, I see the benefit for the Orlando Magic. Mm-hmm. But for Gary Harris, why? For what reason? I think that towards the end of the season, um, he really showed the type of player that he really is because in, early on um, there was a lot of struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that Gary Harris really didn't play well for us. Yeah. That another team is going to be out there that can really see his level of play and say, we we need a player like that on our team. I, I don't. There's no way that I see him staying with the Orlando Magic as much as I'd want to. If he, if the Magic found a way to sign Gary Harris, a two-year deal, whatever the case may be, I would be shocked. I would be. But I think, but I think you do it though. If he wants, he remember people forget yeah. he's 26 years old, and one thing that he showed this season once he got healthy, 
he's a sniper from three-point range. Mm-hmm. We haven't had, a, again, a good shooter like that, like him, but also he can play defense. And he fits the age group of, of our team. Like he, He's not 30, 35. He's actually 26, turning 27. So I think when you consider that, if we're trying to win, we're trying to make it to the play-in tournament and all these things, you need guys like him in the locker room. So I think you pick between him or Terrence Ross at some point. But then again, you still got to move some of those other uh, young, young guards that we have. So again, a lot of moving pieces coming this offseason. But if you can get him for a good contract and he's embraced the city, he wants to stay here, he's a great vet in the locker room. And again, he can play. Yeah, I'm curious to see what type of contract that he would end up getting. Uh, he signed a four-year, 84-mil contract with Denver. Uh, this season alone, where Magic are paying him 20 mil um, for the season. So he's he's getting paid great money. I wonder what his value and his worth is now. I wonder what he would get. I would say around the 50s, 60s. I can't see him getting another same contract. I think so too, because the thing is also this offseason, it's only like three, four teams with cap space. We're one of those teams. So you're not going to have a bidding war for him, you know, paying him crazy money. I think that if you can pay him, you know, Wendell Carter money for three years, making, you know, maybe in the 20 range, it's okay. But if you Keep it short, three years, two years, whatever it may be, team option after that, you might be okay. Because, again, this kid can play. He's going to be playing at this level for at least another two, three years. And you also got to remember, you're not asking him to be the first option. You're asking him to come here and just knock down threes from the corner. Like, that's that's what you got to do for us and play defense. So, again, if they can come to agreements with that, I found that interesting that we didn't move on from him at the trade deadline. We all expected him to be to be gone. The fact that he stayed made me wonder, like, what's what's the game plan here? What do you know that we don't know? And I think the front office has had to have those conversations with him. And there's going to be something being discussed right now. And again, it might just be, thank you for playing for us. We'll take the $20 million in savings. Have a great time. Or there might be more to that story. We'll find out this offseason. The Magic have five games left. Toronto, Knicks, Cleveland, Charlotte, Miami. Do you see the Magic winning any of those games in the last final stretch? Not really. Um, Hope not. But they might win one just because if Detroit wins tomorrow, they might win one more. I just, maybe not. I don't know. I I don't see it happening, man. The way that they're playing, they really know what they're playing for, which is the lottery at this point. So I'm going to keep it short. No, they don't. I don't think we do either. Um, shut it down, man. Shut everybody down. Make sure, make this a definite. Uh, there's, it's, it's already too close. We're, we're already tied with the other two teams, and we don't want to make the same mistakes that we made last season. Shut everything down. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't see us beating any one of those teams. I'm thinking maybe the Knicks, maybe because you know, it's the Knicks. Listen, but we're outside Cleveland, of that, Cleveland. Uh, it, Toronto, Miami. Remind me who else would play? So fri- Friday, Toronto, Knicks, Cleveland, Charlotte, and then we end in we end the season um, against Miami. Sunday. The only team not playing for anything at this point out of those five teams is the Knicks. Um, yep. So again, that's the one team I can say maybe we beat them, but everyone else is fighting for seating in the East. Like they actually want to win games. So. Again, I really don't think that we win, and we're not trying very hard. Uh, again, I, I really would like to see Markel be shut down at this point. I, I, I keep saying that, but it's reality. Like, I really want this team to be healthy next season. No no chance of things going wrong, and I think you start by doing that right now. And, and again, don't be, don't be embarrassed, man. Like, OKC's doing it. You look at the lineup, I don't recognize one player. You look at Portland, 
I don't recognize one guy in the team right now that's playing the starting five in the starting, starting lineup. Don't be ashamed. Do the same thing. Shut down your guys. Embrace the tank this last week of the season. We'll talk about it um, next October. On that note, it is a wrap. We'll see what ends up happening. Catch you guys next Thursday. Till next time. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando Magic news and updates, follow us on Twitter at the Ozone Pod and on Instagram at Orlando Magic HQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.